Here's a question for you. What do symbiotics and extreme body armor have in common? If you didn't know, symbiotics is all about how good gut health can impact our overall wellness and health. And extreme body armor is basically what it sounds like. Protective gear that you wear so you don't get banged up while you're doing extreme sports. I mean, there's probably some kind of loose connection that I could make between the two, something about protection and health. But I mean, the main reason I've presented you with these two topics today is that in this episode of the podcast, we're now deep into our showcase mini series of companies that are going through the Luminar X Health Tech Accelerator. We've already heard in previous episodes from companies that are solving problems for clinicians and making their job a little bit more tolerable and also applications of technology to reduce errors and improve outcomes. Well, today, the two companies in this episode, they're a little bit different to that. And that's one thing that has got me really impressed about this Luminar X Accelerator program, the breadth of talent and experience from these founders creating tech in these broad areas of health and wellness and life in general. So I think you'll really enjoy this one today. Thanks to 3M for their support of these mini-series episodes that are giving founders a platform to share what they're doing and about the importance of the problems that they're solving in this evolving and exciting world of health tech. So let's get into it. Hey, collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, a podcast and membership community about technology in healthcare. Here's your host, Peter Birch. First up in this Lumina X Showcase mini-series episode, you'll hear from Mary Ann Thexton from BioAZ, developing and manufacturing a world-first symbiotic functional food ingredient. Let's dive in and learn some more. Mary Ann, firstly, tell us a bit about you and your background, please. Okay, thanks, Peter. So I started off in the equine industry as a young person and followed my passion for many years till I worked out that wasn't the way to earn a decent living and ended up in New Zealand in the beverage industry, actually, in New Zealand. And my then husband and I started a company that was quite small and it grew over the next 13 years to a really big company. We had a large market share and Coca-Cola Amatil brought the company out, I think, around 2000. And I went back and followed my passion for horses and trade racehorses for 15 years. And during that time, I was really focused on equine health and wellness. And I got introduced to a microbiologist that was working on some products for animal health and started working with those products with horses, took that product to market, closed my stable down and just saw an amazing, amazing outcome for animals with some of the probiotic ingredients and microbes that we were working with. So I went back to our microbiologist and I said, why can't we do this for people? And left that industry, went and did an MBA. And while I was studying, I went, this is an itch I've got to scratch. So I started to build a business where we could bring symbiotics, which are probiotics, prebiotics and postbiotics blended together. We could bring those products to everyday wellness for people in their everyday lives. So it's a bit of a journey where I've kind of combined all of my past lives into one now very passionate project. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I love this, this world of symbiotics. Tell me a little bit more about that, you know, the combination of all those different areas and how that links to the concept of health more broadly too. 
Yeah, well, it's a really emerging new science. I say the knowledge is old because I think farmers have known this forever and, and communities have been, you know, feeding peat and bog to animals and fermenting foods and mare's milk and things like that for a long time to create products that are a combination of beneficial microbes, fibres to feed the beneficial microbes and other metabolites and, you know, substrates from that process. So it's almost like as humans, we've known inherently how to look after our wellness and our guts and our animals. But as we've got more and more urbanised, we've gone further and further away from living those lives, living in villages, growing our own vegetables and, you know, milking cows and preserving foods in ways that perhaps were fermentations and cures, etc. And we've really ended up where all of our foods need to be highly processed for food safety because we live so far away from where they're grown and, you know, they've all got to be transported to cities and put on shelves. So I really started to explore that and what we could do to bring that back to people that don't have access to those sorts of foods. So it's a long way of saying new science in some ways, but the knowledge has always been there in, in humanity and in society. Oh, great explanation. Okay. And so you're involved in this space now. Tell us a bit more about what you're working on. Yeah. So we started really working on this project in 2018 and initially started looking at formulating a beneficial beverage for children that was a symbiotic that didn't need to go in the fridge. So there was a huge gap in the school lunchbox of a healthy product for kids to take to school to drink other than water. And so we started on that and we achieved that goal. And what we realised as part of that, and when I say we, I'm not alone in this journey and we've got a great team of people that have come on board and shared the journey. And we realised that the science that we were developing where we could pasteurise and heat treat and cold pasteurise, like that ingredient, had lots of applications. It didn't just have to go in a children's drink. It could go into all sorts of foods and beverages that would then enable that wellness to be accessed by people every day in many different ways. So that was really the beginning of the journey. And now we actually manufacture the ingredients for other companies to make the products. So we have beverage customers and we're working with customers that are putting our ingredient into foods that are functional foods for people that can go on the shelves in the supermarket. Pretty cool. How have you found incorporating the work that you're doing into, say, the Lumina X program where you're working alongside founders who are doing some interesting stuff in the technology space with software and hardware, perhaps more in the, the medical side of healthcare, not all of them, but there's a strong slant towards that as well? Look, it's really interesting, Peter. Firstly, being in a room with similar like-minded and really exciting innovators and entrepreneurs, lots of great insight bouncers around the room. And I'm learning so much that, you know, the delivery of solutions to problems in the health industry, health tech, just in people's everyday lives. Some of the companies are developing software platforms and different applications where, you know, people can monitor their health and wellness and ensure that they stay up to date with their medications and all sorts of problems that are out there. So it's really interesting to see all the different approaches to improving people's everyday wellness in everyday lives. And that's a commonality across the Lumina X cohort that I'm in this year. And everybody's looking at ways of making it easier for people to stay healthy. Mm. 
How have you found the general sentiment from different stakeholders in relation to, I guess there's a broad concept of wellness and I guess different ways to address health issues that aren't necessarily medication or in the more traditional healthcare setting. In terms of building up the business, how do you bring across this evidence-based approach and, you know, all of the good that's coming out of what you're doing in an area that can be full of anything? (laughs) That's a great great question, Peter. There's so much white noise. And also, as I said, well, the the knowledge has always perhaps been somewhere in humanity. The science as it's emerging is quite new. So we've had people not understand what we're doing. We've had people be quite sceptical of the validity of the science. And really interestingly, you know, people that are quite close to our company that perhaps have got, you know, some traditional scientific backgrounds and not been exposed to this knowledge are now saying, wow, this is really incredible. You know, it's happening so quickly. We're understanding more and more about our microbiome and about the impact of the environment on our health and wellness. So I think you know, especially at Lumina X, it's a great place because everyone's so open. Everyone's here because they've got new ideas and they've got exciting solutions to problems. So we're probably in a bit of a bubble that way. But the more we talk to stakeholders externally, the more they understand that this is a really good thing that people can do for themselves, a good thing that stakeholders that are supplying services and foods to customers can do for their wellness. So it's certainly come a long way in the last few years. If you'd have said that your gut was connected to your mental health, to me, a decade ago, I would have thought you were a bit weird, you know, and called it witch doctory. But um, now (laughs) I've really immersed myself in it. I totally understand it. Yeah. And so where's your thinking at in terms of who those primary customers will be in these, you know, early stages? You talked about how, you know, there's the potential for other products as well to utilize some elements of what you do. The direct consumer game is a bit of a crazy world in itself. How are you approaching getting the product to market and scaling out effectively? Yeah, well, we're very fortunate. I mentioned that it's a team effort and we reached out probably four years ago to a global food and beverage ingredients supplier, Dola, who helped us a lot with formulation and product development. And so they're now our exclusive distributor. So they are supplying hundreds of thousands of companies worldwide. We're focusing on Australia and New Zealand at the moment, and we already have customers that are purchasing our ingredient from Dollar. So we are working now. We've realised that we really need to supply the technical support. So we don't have a sales team. We have a science team, and they work to support Dollar and our customer facing where needed. So we're already starting to fill our pipeline. Very cool. And then tell me about what, what the future holds. What's the priority over the next 6, 12, 24? Yeah, okay. The more we learn, the more we realise that possibilities are endless as to both how we can use our ingredients in food and beverages and personal care, oral care, as well as identifying other microbes. We've got a couple of strains of microbes in our ingredients at the moment, but we're learning more and more about other microbes as well that have you know, benefits that are different or, you know, more synergistic benefits as well. So we're working with our science team to unlock that knowledge so we can identify microbes and ways of delivering them to the human gut so that they're going to provide the benefits that they can do. So that's one of the challenges is getting microbes through food processing, getting them to stay dormant and stable in the food 
finished good until it's consumed and then getting it through the GIT to the colon so that it actually does what it's meant to do. So there's quite a few stage gates and kill points to get past for a microbe to actually do its job. So we're working on that. Very cool. Any other final thoughts, comments, things to incorporate into this conversation before we wrap up? Look, I really think in regards to Lumina X, it's an amazing opportunity for companies if they're fortunate enough to be selected. We're really, really grateful to be one of the cohort this year. It's been an opportunity for us to collaborate, obviously, but also it's just like a little mini MBA. But there's some brand new insights. I've come away every single session with key insights that we've actually gone out and executed on really quickly. So it is an accelerator and it's a really, really great experience. So I'd urge anyone listening to consider next year applying because you wouldn't regret it. Next up, you're hearing from Stephanie Bofinger from Fempro Armour, providing female design chest and body armour and apparel to minimise injuries and or death to women in impact sports. Steph, tell us about you and your background firstly. So I'm originally from Germany. I came in 89 to Australia through my competitive sport, which was swimming. I'm a crazy dirt bike rider. I love extreme sports. And that has gotten me into my company, Fempro Armour Wow. I want to know the connection between extreme sports and then to a health tech organization. But tell me a bit about the organization, the product, what you're working on. So Fempro Armour designs female body armour and its apparel for impact sports, but also for females in, and males in aged care. Currently, a female has to wear a male body armour that is designed for males and then adapted into the female market. Mm. And as you can imagine, putting a female into a male garment just doesn't work or the same way around. So Fempro Armour designs female-specific body armour. When we talk about health, um, our body armour is also then adapted into aged care and into hospitals, you know, the dementia, like into many different modalities in health because what we're trying to do is not just trying, what we are doing is to minimise the impact of a fall. So uh, basically all of our gear and armor can be worn in anything of where an impact can occur. That's so cool. I love this connection between like almost sports tech and health tech, because that's such a important problem to solve. I find it, no doubt you would have found it crazy that, you know, if you're looking for protective gear for extreme sports, as you say, that they're is that right? There was nothing available for women at the moment? It's well, all just stuff for men that's adapted? Well, basically, currently, up until Fempro Armour launched, females who participated in impact sports had to make the decision to either wear a male-produced garment and body armour or wear nothing. You know, and, and they usually are hard plastic flat, so our boobs are getting squashed, but nothing really protects us properly. But you had the choice in either wearing that or being exposed more to impact injuries. And as you can imagine is when you have an impact and that has a quite significant consequences, you will end up in hospital. So we're all about minimizing what can happen 
when you are falling. So it doesn't matter if it's from a motorbike, a horse or push bike, or you even play rugby, you know, you have an impact with a stationary object or with another person. So uh, we designed body armor that also fits to every body shape because females, we have so many different body shapes and that's why the female market is being so undercated because it is quite hard to cater for all of the body types that there are out there, which the male market is so much easier because pretty much 90% of guys fit into a box. So designing something for the male market is so much easier than the female market. However, with our body armor, because it molds to the wearer's shape, so one person can wear the exact armor, but has a completely different body shape than someone else, which makes it so usable in so many people with various different sporting abilities or interests as such. Mm. Tell me a bit more about the tech. I'm fascinated. So it sounds like it's not like you have to have a hundred different versions of the same thing. It's the one product that then molds to the person's body shape. How does that work? What a lot of people don't understand is when you have two armors, but they can be so different and we all tend to think any armor will protect. And to a degree that will be right. However, I like to compare the example to an apple and an orange. They are in the fruit family, but they are completely two different fruits. Because here in Australia and Asia, we don't have any impact standards when it comes to body armor. I can literally just take a thick enough foam and call it armor and add this into a garment and sell this as body armor. And yes, don't get me wrong, to a degree that will help the person. It's always better to wear something than nothing at all. But it's really important to understand of what the armor actually does that you wear. So with our armor, not only will the armor mold to the wearer's shape, but it absorbs the impact energy. And what that means is when the energy impact happens, you want it to be pushed back out because you want to have as little energy going through into your chest because 80% of internal organ damage will actually come from the front. And uh, so it's really important that you have as little as possible of any impact energy going through into your chest. So our armor in itself is when there's no impact, the armor is extremely soft and it becomes even softer with body heat. And uh, so it becomes then really comfortable to wear. But when an impact happens, the molecules in the armor, they react and they lock and then they act like an airbag in your car. So it comes in a little bit, but then it pushes it back out, just like a trampoline. And that's how we're minimizing the impact energy that will go through your chest. But it's also of how the impact energy gets distributed onto the armor. So if you have, for example, a point of impact, that's usually where 100% is. But the way our armor works, it distributes the impact energy evenly over the whole plate. So the impact energy is extremely small on the actual impact point. And that's just another way of making sure that it doesn't go through into your chest. 
how cool is this? I love the sound of this. And you, you mentioned at the start too, that it's not just to focus on the sports tech side of things, but also this is a really important point in age care and health as well. Tell me a bit more about the focus there. So because as I said, we don't have any standards when it comes to impact abilities here in Australia and in Asia, it's even less when it comes to the aged care. So my grandma, she actually had a fall and she broke the head of her femur. And unfortunately, she died of complication of that. Now, we can't do anything about elderlies when they are falling. However, we can minimize the impact of what happens to the elderly when they do fall. So whilst I can't say that our armor will stop breakage, but it will minimize it to a very small amount, if so. So because my grandma died of a fall, we have used our hip armor that we use in motorcycling because it's the highest impact certification in Europe. So we then changed it into the aged care because when it comes to impact sports, let's say like I ride motorcycles, I know I will fall. It's just a matter of time. We know with elderly, they will fall. It's only about when they fall. So when they are falling, we want to make sure that they are protected as much as possible so that when they get up again, they are okay. Because the problem is once you've fallen and you've hurt yourself a lot, particularly with elderly, big statistics have been out that within 12 months, a lot of elderly actually die of the implications that that fall had. And then they become very unstable. Most elderly won't walk again properly. So if we can give them the ability that when they're falling, that they are much safer, then the consequences of a fall is not as significant than if they don't wear anything. I mean, it's a really good example. I ride uh, dirt bikes. So falling is part of the fun. Whilst people will call me, I'm crazy that I feel that falling is fun. But because I do quite a lot of gnarly stuff, we go up steep hills and over rocks and over tree stumps and all sorts of things. It's just part of falling down. Now, I'm okay with falling down because I know I have the best possible body armor that is available that will help me be much safer. So I fall completely different. I'm relaxed. And I get up every single time without having any significant issues. Where I'm not protected, I usually end up with bruising and having, you know, some issues with that. But they're not anywhere holding me back as such than if I break a significant bone. Yeah, wow. There's such so much good there. And I can see the relevance in both the sports side to keep someone enjoying the activities that they like to participate in, but also then supporting those that are at risk of falls and helping them minimize the impact of that. So a great use across both areas there. I mean, it doesn't matter really if it is in aged care or with anyone that is not stable on their feet or if it is sport. I mean, if you have a motorcycle accident, A, your life expectancy goes down significantly depending on the significance of the fall or the impact. But there's a lot of issues that come out if you spend many months in hospital recovering. It has a psychological impact. It has a financial impact. 
it has so many impacts, a fall or a breakage. So it is really important to minimize the impact injuries or the outcome of an impact in anywhere. I mean, we cater for males as well, but FemproArma is all about females because there's nothing being designed for us females. We are basically the forgotten gender when it comes to impact sports. And it is equally as important to protect females than males. Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. That's so great that you're doing this. Lastly, then thinking about the future, what you're working on right now, what can we look forward to seeing from FemproArma over the next 6, 12, 24? Well, we're working in uh, getting into a clinical trial with our hip armors for our aged cares, which will be a huge step for us because it is extremely hard getting into hospitals and having their supports behind of what you do. But we're also creating a smart tech into some of our garments. So particularly when you do horse riding, uh, mountain biking or motorcycling, paragliding or any of those kind of impact sports, Quite often you do them by yourself and quite often you might get lost or when you come off, you might be injured or unconscious. So our smart tech will have a GPS tracking so that when you are in danger or you're missing, that your loved ones are being able to find you as such. We're doing this a little bit the other way around that what is available right now, pretty much everything that is out in the market is about you activating an emergency or activating a call if you are in need of help, where with ours, it has to be the other way around because quite often, I mean, just a few weeks ago, I was pinned under my motorcycle. I was completely fine, but I had a 200 kilo bike lying on top of me, so I couldn't move. Now, I could not have activated a beacon or, or anything to notify someone. So our smart tech will activate straight away when it has detected a fall. And then the person who's wearing it has to disarm the activation so that it won't go then out as an emergency call. So that way, if you are getting lost or unconscious or worst case scenario, you're you know, missing and you're lying somewhere dead and no one knows where you are, you can actually be found and uh, rescued as such. So this will come into, you know, hopefully the near future. We're working very hard on all of that. And yeah, whoever knows, um, we obviously will be designing lots of other apparels with our armor, depending on what sports we're going into. So we're also, you know, in rugby league. So there's a lot happening within the near future with Emperor Hope you enjoyed this showcase mini series episode featuring two more companies participating in the Luminar X Accelerator program. Remember to attend their demo day on the 11th of August up on the Gold Coast or check out our website for all the links in the show notes connected to this episode about the different companies that are participating. Stay tuned because in the coming days, we've got even more conversations with these founders to come. Can't wait to share them with you. Speak to you then. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast player and for more information, visit talkinghealthtech.com.